0: Hi, I'm Tignotaro from Premium Blend nine years ago, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones.
1: Welcome to time for the Radio 8-Ball
2: Show. And welcome back to Radio 8-Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio with singer-songwriter Eleni Mandel. Hi, and she is providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. And she has invited just an incredible crew of people to ask questions. I'm so, uh, and and now we're joined by another one who I'm very much looking forward to meet. His name is Ron Lynch. Welcome to Radio Eight Ball, Ron.
3: Hello, I'm uh, happy to be here.
2: And how do you know Elaney?
3: Uh, I. I think it goes back as far as the old Largo, the tiny Largo.
2: Ah, I love tiny um, Largo. And we've
3: done shows together,
2: with you doing comedy and her doing music, or with
3: you doing music. Yeah, you... me doing comedy, her doing music, um, me doing no music, and her no doing not a lot of comedy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have.
2: <laughs> and I did. I did a little uh, research on you, and I, I, I see that I, I found out that you used to host shows in Boston. Is that true?
3: I, Yeah, I, that's where I started doing comedy, really, was Boston. Uh,
2: were you from way Boston? back
3: in the 80s. I'm not from... I'm from New York, but um, this guy that I wound up doing comedy with, we were a comedy team. We did radio together, and then we decided to move to Boston for a year, figure out what we were doing, and then move to New York. And then we wound up staying in Boston for, I think, eight years.
2: That'll happen. And, di- and did, you, uh, yeah. did you did you live in Boston proper or where? Because I, my, I, I, I lived, spent some time
3: there. I'm sorry, go
2: ahead. I was just saying I spent some time there. So a lot of times you'll say I'm from Boston, but you're really in Cambridge or Belmont or Arlington. Or So is where were well, you Well,
3: I wasn't. We were in Cambridge. Yeah, we were in Cambridge towards Kendall Square all the way at the end of Harvard Street.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Easy to catch the tea uh, there yeah. in Kendall Square.
3: Yeah, the tea was in Kendall Square. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Central Square was right there, and it was a Nabisco factory where they made Mint Milano cookies. So the air was always smelled like chocolate mint, uh, which was not a good thing necessarily. (laughs) And uh, it would make you hungry.
2: And when you said it was the '80s, like what was the time period? Because that's exactly the time that I was there. I was there between Uh, like '82 and '86.
3: Yeah, that's exactly. We were there. Well, on either end of that, I think um, I think I started doing comedy. I think the first show I did was in '78 in December. Wow! So we were there from '78 until uh, I think I was there till '86. Something kept happening to keep me there, and um, I tried leaving many times. So all my friends kept leaving.
2: So I'm gonna ask a totally uh, random question. Maybe this will this will land, or maybe it won't. But. There was a when I was there I was I was under twenty one I couldn't get into clubs and there was a street musician who played in Harvard Square, blues musician his name was uh-huh. Kenny Holiday he played with a little trio right outside of the Harvard Coop and I would you know I I would go to his shows like you'd go to a normal show like I would get off work and go and put money in his case and just watch it did, did does do you remember a guy named Kenny Holiday?
3: No, but i remember guys said that we were like three guys and they would play in front of the uh harvard coop so i think i know who you're talking about
2: yeah anyway it was uh,
3: i don't i don't know my name
2: just wanted to just do a little time traveling there but let's let's get into your question for the pop oracle um what do you do you have something in mind that you'd like to ask that will be answered by through the the music of eleni mandel
3: I think so. So does it have to be a yes or no question? No, no. It can
2: be like just anything is open-ended. Is in fact, the more open-ended, the better. As long as okay. it's something that you that you know is really up for you, something you really want to explore.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I would like to know um, how and if we could possibly harness the power. Of that idea surge that happens just before you fall asleep or when you realize that you did something you shouldn't have done but you're half asleep and you can't do anything about it at that moment um, your brain winds up relaxing so much that you think of things that you wouldn't think normally I like it how, how, do, we har- how do we harness that
2: how do we harness that inspiration that, that comes to us just as we're falling asleep well I'm very excited. We're down to two songs left on the board. And when we get down to two songs, <laughs> our, our, we, we choose them by uh, flipping a coin. Heads, it, it's one, and tails, it's the other. So what I find particularly interesting is that you say, how can we harness this power? And the two songs, song number one, Artificial Fire, and song number five, Man on Fire. So... Already we're talking about harnessing energy. So uh, if if it comes up heads, it will be artificial fire. And if it comes up tails, it'll be man on fire. And so now to engage the pop oracle, I'm going to flip the Radio 8 coin. It's the Radio 8 coin. And that is heads, which is artificial fire from Eleni Mandel.
1: at last we have to count backwards we start at the end till we find what we're after there are two kinds of men he could never be true but am i just like him am i unfaithful too I was drawing a map, but I couldn't have known Take a right, take a left, you'll know when you get there The puzzle will fit late one night, Montreal With his clothes on the floor and his artificial fire Is there anybody counting This mathematical equation Could there be another answer? Could I change his mind or could he change mine? Why can't there be one? He tried to explain in the dark, I would laugh. We were talking and naked, reading my map late one night, Montreal, found the treasure at last. It was artificial fire. counting this mathematical equation Could there be another answer? Could he change my mind or could I change it? It was new, it was old from the start, it was both and a year nearly passed in one night Montreal. I'm a killer at heart, I wanted to feel, so I laid out my trap with my artificial fire.
2: And that was Artificial Fire from Elaney Mandel, the answer to Ron Lynch's question, how do we harness that inspiration that strikes just before falling asleep? And before we get into interpreting it, uh, Elaney you want to tell us a little bit about the background of that song?
0: Gosh, there's so many pieces of that puzzle. Why? <clears throat> um,
3: oh, I'm not Eleni, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> so I... I mean, I guess the short story, there are two sort of converging things. One was a sort of romantic interlude in Montreal. And two, I was studying French. (laughs) And I I love language as a songwriter. Words are like, I just love words. And studying another language is so inspirational because the literal translations and then the double meanings... I've just fell in love with. So the word for fireworks in French is feu artifice, which means literally artificial fire. And I thought, like, the romantic thing, you know, metaphor of fireworks with somebody. But then the literal, if you take the language part and the literal translation of artificial fire. And so a romance that wasn't all that, you know what I mean? It was... It was fake.
2: It was, how do, how do you say it? Foo? Foo artifice. Foo artifice. So, Ron, what do you think about that as the answer to your question?
3: Uh, well, as most of her songs, which are great, one of my favorite songwriters ever, um, most of the songs are about some kind of romantic thing. or um, And of course, my question is kind of romantic because you can't. Ever harness that power in a way. I mean, and a lot of times before you fall asleep, you're thinking of either something creative or a great idea, but you're also thinking of uh, mistakes that you may have made. Or uh, I had a show for a while and I would think of things that could have been better in the show, but of course they're in the past. You can't do anything about it. Um, and I think. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually trying to squeeze the song into a rationalization for that. And I think it does. Um, like you may, I think in the future, I think the only way you can harness it, if there is an answer to it, I think in the future, they probably will have some kind of cap you can wear at night (laughs) that will record what you're thinking. And then you won't have to have a notebook by your bedside to write this thing down because you never want to wake up enough to do that. Your I, head never wants to wake up enough.
2: I I see a Black um, Mirror episode with with that with that right? sleeping cap. The sleeping cap, right? Yeah. Uh, well, there were some lines in there that I thought were really potent. Like, it just as it started, found the treasure at last, we have to count backwards. And the idea of counting back, like... Oh, yeah. You know, they give you the anesthesia and they count <laughs> backwards from 100... Uh-huh, you know, and so that I, it made me think about that feeling of falling. Even right. like sometimes that feeling of falling asleep does feel like you're you're falling backwards into sleep, too.
0: Also, that line sure. references. Um,
3: well, I have to say to you that um, I'm on a phone in Florida, so I had a really hard time yeah. hearing the words of the lyrics. I can tell you I heard the word Montreal a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, the person
0: that the, I was the song was inspired by i had met years earlier on tour our bands were playing at uh, the same show in nashville and then and completely forgot about this person and then years later bumped into him in new york and then um and then the thing in montreal happened so the idea of like a map not making sense until you look back on it i guess hindsight is 2020 would be like a Short way of saying that, but you know, like you fig- you, right. can't, you can't figure it out until it's already happened.
3: Right, and you can't grab a thought that you're having while you're about to fall asleep.
2: And I'm kind of curious. So, it, if the word, because I'm, the word that jumps out to someone is always like, if if you only heard one word, it makes me think. Okay, well, what what is the what does Montreal represent for you? Uh.
3: I remember going, I, I went to school in Potsdam, New York for a couple of years, which is all the way at the top of New York state. And I remember, um, the short story as we, my friend and I, who became my comedy partner that I talked about earlier, uh, we kind of hitchhiked up to the border of Canada, walked through a hole in the fence and realized that we were already past customs somehow. Yeah. All right. Let's move beyond that part of it. But I remember going into a bakery in Montreal And wanting a pastry and seeing it, I pointed to it and I said, "Can I have one of those, please?" And the woman who was behind the counter put her finger, pointed her finger up in the air, and then left. And then another person came in and they said, "Can I help you?" (laughs) So obviously, that other person spoke French, (laughs) and was not about to help me for some reason.
2: In the same way that Uh, you were unable to understand the lyrics, (laughs) she was unable to understand you. I'm
3: curious why you did yes. Exactly.
2: Is the mean, Is Montreal? Does that? What did you speak French, Eleni? Montreal. What? what? Um
0: Mount Royal. It Mount means, Royal. means a mountain
2: of triol. <laughs> My Trial? Mont Trial? Mountain, okay. mountain, Erol. Really?
0: I thought it was Royal. Yeah, mountain, I don't know. I don't know what Erol <laughs> I mean... means.
2: No,
3: Eleni knows more than I do.
2: Well, I, I this uh, what I love about this question is that. There really is no answer for it, and yet it's uh, it's compelling, and it uh, it's like it creates an image because I think we all I have oh
0: another I'm raising my hand. Um, also, I love fireworks so much, and they're so elusive, right? They flash and they're beautiful, and you're like ah, I want more, and then they're gone. And and maybe that like thought that inspiration is similarly like flashes and you can't quite grab onto it.
3: Right. And whatever language you speak while you're watching fireworks, you still do ooh (laughs) ah.
2: Right. Uh, Are those the same vowels? Do they say the same thing in French? In French? I think
0: so. I think we get it from Uh, the French. A lot of English comes from uh, French. uh, uh.
2: Yeah. Um, well, usually I just I invite people on. I just let them tell me who they are. But Elaney curated the show so well. She was like, and she before the show, she was like, you, you did some research on the people I invited, right? And of course, I was like, oh, yeah, sure I did. So I went back and very quickly researched. And, and if you do a quick research, uh, if you research Ron Lynch, there's a video that says Ron Lynch is responsible for Louis C.K.'s career for Lucy his uh, uh, career in comedy. Yeah, we'll, and we'll leave that out
3: of the show. Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, well, I mean, and, and that's where I heard about the show. You know, he, he was in this, this was a, something set on the carpet at some Emmys thing after he won an Emmy. And I don't know if you've seen this video. Right. And someone asks right. him when, are they gonna, when he's going to put Ron Lynch in the show. And he said some very nice stuff about you that you gave him his start in comedy when he... When he never, when no one knew who he was, and it's been a theme in this show. Uh, we had Chucky Weiss, uh. who was a mentor for Elani. We had uh, a singer named Madison, who was sort of a little bit, be, is in some ways being mentored by Elani. Maybe that's putting it. It's
0: maybe overstating. it. Maybe it's overstating advice. it, but she's,
2: but she, they're they're collaborating, uh. and so there's this theme uh-huh. of mentoring, and obviously, you know, Louis have you know is is. Has been has a troubling uh, legacy emerging right now. So we don't. I don't necessarily. We don't necessarily need to go into that. But since that was the thing that jumped out, I was curious if not whether it's him or are there are there other people like him who, when you look at them out there in the world, you think, oh yeah, I you know, I remember when that kid showed up, wanted to do a gig, and I I gave him a shot. Are there other Boston comics, or if there's thoughts about Louis that come up when you think about the role that you've played as a mentor for other people, or maybe people who have been that for you?
3: Uh, yeah, I think you always think about someone, but then again, when com- comedy was just starting in Boston, really, when I started, so I don't know what, you know, my, my, my comedy is different, but um, uh, with Louis, I basically just gave him his first thing at this midnight show I did in a little movie theater, um, and then I kept using him and thought he was really funny. <laughs> um, his comedy changed since then of a little bit, but uh, I did nothing more than advise him on some stuff, but mostly just to give him gigs. You know what I mean?
2: What was the um, theater? And then he would
3: ask me questions about stuff. It was a place called um, Off the Wall in Central Square that played, uh, oh, you were there. Yeah. In that town. Um, it was in Central Square, and they showed old movies, like weird movies. They, had, they served coffees, and um, they had cake and little snacks. And um, they showed, like, Head by the Monkeys and just weird movies. Um, I, I think I, I went to see it. Yeah, I
2: think I went to see it, like, an all-night rock and roll movie uh, night. That was the first time I saw Rock and Roll High School and Kids oh, Are All Right. It makes and, sense. It's, yeah. a tiny,
3: it's a really tiny place. Um, and I, the guy that ran the place, I was at a party with him. And he was just talking to him and I just said, uh, well, if you can't get people at midnight, why don't you let me just do a show there? And he went, yes. Like right off the bat. And we did a show called the comedy clubhouse for years. But yeah, I also taught comedy in Boston and, um, several people went on to continue doing comedy. Um, the odds are slim that that would keep happening because most people fall to the wayside. Yeah. But, um, Wendy Liebman took my class. I don't know who that is. Um, Margaret show uh took it in San Francisco, and then, after a while, I just realized that you teaching is kind of a draining thing, especially if you are performing and trying to teach at the same time 'cause your your energy is not is not being spent correctly I don't think but um, I love teaching but
2: well you know, that I mean that time in Boston comedy, a lot of people were coming through i mean it seems like a lot of people came out of Boston in that time.
3: In oh, the, yeah. In the 80s. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was a rich time for comedy and a rich town for comedy.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great time. It was a great place to do comedy. The Ding Ho. Did you ever go there? No. The Ding Ho was this Chinese restaurant. It was a Chinese restaurant with a cowboy saloon decor. It was run by Barry Crimmins, who was a comic. And it was the first club kind of run by comics. And we would all split the door. and We all actually made money. And it made the other clubs pay comics more. So it was pretty great. And um, all the comics were very supportive of each other. And everybody was all over the map in terms of what they did. You know, there was everybody from like Stephen Wright to uh, Lenny Clark. uh, God, I'm trying to think of who anybody would know. Um, And Barry Crimmins, who uh, did a lot of political stuff. And yeah, it was great. Jimmy Tingle. Uh Jimmy Tingle, of course. Jimmy Tingle was the bartender at the Ding Ho. And one night he just got up on stage in like a trench coat and a weird hat and started doing some weird stuff. And then I think he kind of speaking of, you know, mentoring kind of thing is I think he saw um, how political comedy could work through Barry Crimmins and he started doing political stuff and um, different in a different way than Barry. But now, now he's doing political stuff. He's great. I love Jimmy Tingle.
2: Yeah, I think it was I saw yeah. him do Rock and Ronnie Reagan or something in the '80s, and and we did our first radio live radio eight ball at Jimmy Tingle's theater in Cambridge.
3: Oh wow! Um, oh, in uh, Somerville. Yeah, Davis Square.
2: Yeah. Uh, wow, I I I love geeking out on comedy. Uh, I could just go on and on, I, I, and, and I can I could ask you so many questions, but uh, but we probably should we we should probably mosey along. Uh, is there anything that you want to let our our uh, audience know about that you're up to? I mean, I'll definitely print uh, put the links to your website uh, on the in the show notes. But is there anything particular that you want to let folks know about?
3: Well, I've been doing I've been doing this tomorrow show at midnight. Um, for 13 years at the Steve Allen Theater, and that place is turning into condos, so we've been looking for a new place, and it looks like we're going to be doing the show at this theater called the Hayworth oh. Theater, which is going to be downtown. <laughs> that's the other place, that's uh, the place
2: where I do, where I've done Radio 8 Ball Live in L.A. Is they, at The Hayworth is a great theater. It, you'll love it. I love, oh, cool. I yeah. love doing shows It's going to be
3: fun. It's going to be fun.
2: <laughs> that's so funny.
3: So, yeah, we're going to start doing the show there in uh, either late January or February.
2: You'll be right near MacArthur Park, yeah. and you'll just be humming that song all the time,
3: <laughs> yeah, it is just off the corner yeah. uh, MacArthur Park actually right? he's in the middle of it. awesome' Bullshit um, we'll, we'll there
2: well, Eleni, is there anything you want to toss out to Ron to say before we we wrap this up
0: i I guess i I just want to say, and I think I've reminded Ron of this, but he might not have noticed, but when we did meet at Largo all those years ago, I thought he was so funny. I just followed him around with a big grin on my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: yes, I do remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: You got you got the you turned that surly frown upside yeah, down. See, there you go. There you go.
3: Bye. All right, pal. Well, bye, Elaine. Thank you. Bye.
2: Thanks for listening to Radio Eight Ball.